Top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Tuesday, January 23rd. 2024. Welcome to WSIC News Talk Radio. You just heard Know the Scene with Justin Dion telling you all that is up to date and happening with the Kane Center for the Arts down in Cornelius. Full program of talk radio here always on WSIC News. Keeps you in the loop with the community around Lake Norman, North Charlotte, Aradale County, and even the west coast of the Great Lake. As we roll on today, our ticket giveaway for the home shows will continue on. We've got a four-pack to give away later in the News Drive at 5. We'll be doing that after our final break in the 5.45 to 6 o'clock segment. If you're tuning in for the first time, what do you get? Well, we've got this four-pack of tickets, two to each home show. we got two to the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show this weekend at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And we've got two more for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. We will clear the phone lines, then open them up after 545, and the four-pack goes to the first lucky caller to come on in. Two-pack to each tickets, total of four, give you two great home shows to be a part of. 844-STUDIO-4 puts you into the studio with Joe and myself. 844-788-3464. One more time, 844-788-3464. Our top five at five tonight. The top five stories that we are tracking for you at the News Drive at five. Lake Norman has a bacteria problem that is being attacked. A Christmas Day hit-and-run suspect has been found. We are two days away from a homeless count. Same-day voter registration is under scrutiny, and Medicaid is expanding in North Carolina. On with the news drive at 5. The Lingbaya bacteria problem in Lake Norman is not going away. But before we go, let's go away from that story for just one moment. We've got our first caller on the line, possibly Yolanda from iCats. Hello, caller. How are you? How are you this evening? It is Yolanda. Hey, Yolanda. Great to have you back on the News Drive at 5. What's going on on the roadways here? Yolanda with iCats with our traffic report. Yes. So this evening, northbound on 77, we have a backup at Brookshire Freeway. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Always a backup over there. Um, And then we have uh, some stop and go near um at 23 um northbound um i'm sorry coming southbound we have stop and go on the bridges at lake norman from as it's 21 to no i'm sorry exit 31 to exit 28 mm-hmm. and then we also have some stop and then we also have some stop and go coming from um uh huntersville any traffic incidents to report or just our general congestion as we begin our rush hour for Tuesday? Just a general construct just a general congestion. We did have some police activity on the northbound side of as exit thirty six. 
but I wasn't able to see what was going on, but I did see some police activity over there. Okay. Well, good to inform our listeners to have a safe ride home. Yolanda from ICATS, thank you so much for the traffic update. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. Have a good evening. Yolanda from ICATS checking in with us. We've got some uh, congestion and backup near the Brookshire Freeway, over the bridges around Lake Norman naturally, and between 31 and 28. Uh, always very similar template. As we head on over the waterways, feel free to slow down. Please don't. I'm kidding. Just keep going. It's beautiful. I love the lake. I love the sunset. But do your best to try to keep the traffic flowing. But fortunately, no incidents to report. Uh, just general congestion. Rolling home as we got this 5.10 p.m. on the East Coast here. Tuesday, January 23rd. Your traffic update. Yolanda from ICATS. Back to our lead story tonight. The bacteria problem. Lingbaya in Lake Norman. It's not going away anytime soon, according to health and water quality officials. It has also invaded High Rock Lake and Lake Gaston, where officials are trying to manage, if not eradicate, the bacteria that forms large nuisance growths on the lake bottom. Here's the thing. It can detach and float to the surface as thick black mats, rendering the water virtually unusable for water sports, as well as clogging water intake systems at McGuire Nuclear Station and Charlotte Water. There will be an open meeting at the Peninsula Club January 30th at 6 p.m. to discuss the issue as well as find resources to fund eradication. Peninsula resident Bob Watson is organizing a fund drive to raise $20,000 as soon as possible ahead of state efforts which require legislative approval. Watson said, quote, we need to start dealing with the problems in March before it gets expanding. North Carolina Speaker Tim Moore and North Carolina Representative John Bradford passed a funding measure on the last day of the long session in 2023, but ran out of time to have it run in the Senate. North Carolina Senator Vicki Sawyer said she will support funding. Lake Norman Marine Commission, Charlotte Water, and Duke Energy are prepared to partner up as well. Jeff Tart said, quote, it is a little nuanced, but it is not funding that we need. Aquatic weed control funding already exists from the state. Rather, we need Lingbaya in Lake Norman to qualify to be able to access existing state monies. Now, in order to access those state monies, a weed has to be on the state aquatic weed control program, the AWCP. It is a list managed by the North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality. The legislation passed by Bradford and Moore places Lingbaya on the AWCP list, making it eligible to use allocated state funds for controlling this specific weed. Now we need the Senate this spring to pass the same statute. Jeff Tart on, on top of the problem. In Charlotte, a suspect involved in a deadly Christmas hit-and-run crash in East Charlotte was arrested in Mississippi. Melvin Zapata, age 29, was arrested by the DeSoto County Sheriff's Office on December 29th in Mississippi and recently extradited to Mecklenburg County. Jail records show he was booked on January 18th and released the next day, January 19th, on a $5,000 secured bond. He was arrested on a felony hit-and-run warrant out of Charlotte. According to Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department incident report, officers responded to a hit-and-run on North Sharon Amity Road just before 8 p.m. on December 25th. 
At the scene, officers discovered that 36-year-old Sheridan Brown had been struck by a vehicle and that the driver had fled the scene without stopping to provide help or call the police. DeSoto County sits on the Mississippi-Tennessee border just south of Memphis. It is about 615 miles west of Charlotte. We are about 30 minutes away from that four-pack giveaway to the two Charlotte home shows. Review those. We're going to open up the phone lines a little bit later for our winners. In the meantime, if you'd like to call into the studio, talk about the headlines or any news coming up, whatever's on your mind, 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show this weekend at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. We'll open up the phone lines. You can call in. You can win. News Drive at 5 rolls on. Patrick Reynolds, talk to you soon. News Drive at 5 rolls on here. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. 5.18 p.m. in your afternoon commute. If you're watching the video feed, if you're staying late in the cubicle, Going a little overtime after 5 o'clock, or if you are working from home already at the house and you're staring at the video feed, I'm flashing the four-pack winners right here for the home show. Two to each show coming up. There's your four-pack. There's your winners. Showing it right to you at 545. Winning number will be 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. The Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show this weekend in Concord. Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show in Charlotte in February. They are yours to win. Back to the headlines tonight here on the News Drive at 5 in Mecklenburg County. It can be hard to comprehend the number of homeless people here in spite of the apparent prosperity around. Well, especially in North Mecklenburg. The 2024 Department of Housing Urban Development Point in Time Count, or PIT, it will happen January 25th. And those folks will span out across Mecklenburg County streets, shelters, and encampments to identify individuals who are living without homes. In the early morning hours this Thursday, volunteers will span out across Charlotte-Mecklenburg streets, parking lots, encampments, and other locations to survey people who are living without shelter. The annual point-in-time count is conducted across the United States on a single night in January every year, providing a snapshot of homelessness. The key objectives of the PIT count are not just to estimate the number of people experiencing homelessness, but to understand their demographic characteristics and help connect them to resources. Mecklenburg County Community Support Services and the Hearts for the Invisible Charlotte Coalition have partnered to lead the 2024 point-in-time count. Residents can help by offering time, donating items, and raising awareness. Mecklenburg County residents can donate items to help people sleeping outside until housing is secured. During last year's Charlotte-Mecklenburg point-in-time count, 1,916 people were counted, including 171 families, 106 youth, and 288 people sleeping outside. Homelessness has risen 35% since 2020. 
And if you are listening to WSIC News this afternoon on Community Centered, Debbie O'Hanley and Margie Kyle covered this topic in their 3 p.m. broadcast. I believe Debbie is actually going to be one of the folks heading out to do some of that counting as a volunteer. So if you're on WSIC's socials, you can watch the show on demand. Just head on back to Community Centered, which aired at 3 p.m. this afternoon. You can watch the video feed of Debbie and Margie addressing that homelessness issue. In Raleigh, a federal judge has blocked for now a new law recently approved by North Carolina lawmakers that tightens a rule on when a ballot cast by someone who was simultaneously registering to vote is removed from election counts. The preliminary injunction from U.S. District Judge Thomas Schroeder tells election workers they can't nullify ballots by screening citizens who register and immediately vote during a 17-day period before a primary or general election through an altered method unless applicant protections are created. Over 100,000 new registrants have sought same-day registration in North Carolina during each of the last two presidential general elections, so slight adjustments in the closely divided state could make a difference in this November's elections for president, governor, and other statewide positions. Early in-person voting, and thus same-day registration, for the March 5th primaries begins February 15th. The new law is contained within broader voter voting administration legislation enacted by the Republican-controlled General Assembly in the fall over Democratic Governor Roy Cooper's veto. It would, in part, remove a registrant's ballot from the court after one mailed notice to the person's address by election officials is returned as undeliverable instead of two under the previous law. The new provision has been challenged in at least three lawsuits. Schroeder's 94-page ruling Sunday involved two of the lawsuits filed in October, one by the state and national Democratic parties, and the other by national and local voter advocacy groups and a single voter. Schroeder, who was nominated to the bench by President George W. Bush, wrote that the one-mailer procedure doesn't provide due process protections for voters to learn that their registrations were rejected and to appeal the decision to officials so the ballots could still count. The plaintiff said the new procedure would increase the risk that U.S. Postal Service mishaps and paperwork errors could lead to more registration denials. Schroeder's order cited evidence from a plaintiff called Voto Latino about election workers' errors leading to verification cards being returned as undeliverable in 2022. The plaintiffs have demonstrated a likelihood that the provision giving people only one chance to verify by mail will impose a substantial burden on same-day registrants who cast a ballot. Schroeder said they will face a non-trivial risk of being erroneously disenfranchised by failing address verification due to governmental error rather than factors related to their eligibility to vote without any notice and opportunity to be heard. Schroeder, whose rulings can be appealed, said his injunction would remain in force until due process concerns are addressed. Two GOP State House leaders, Speaker Tim Moore and Elections Committee Chair Rep. Gray Mills, said Monday in a news release that Schroeder's order requires relatively minor changes, and they were working with the State Board of Elections to ensure that the entire bill is in effect before the primary and general elections this year. 
Representatives of some of the plaintiffs raised the ruling as a major victory and will continue working to ensure that the mail provision does not wrongfully disenfranchise eligible North Carolinians in 2024. Lawyers for the state board and GOP legislative leaders defending the new verification rule in court have said reducing the number of mailers to confirm the applicant's mailing address attempts to address a problem with same-day registration. The previous law could lead to situations where the second verification mailer is returned as undeliverable after vote totals are finalized, meaning the ineligible registrant's ballot is still counted. State lawyers also said a ruling in a previous lawsuit discourages efforts by local election boards to challenge such votes before the final count. Schroeder acknowledged there are legitimate interests in using address verification to promote preserving the integrity of the election process and instilling voter confidence. But he wrote the plaintiffs have shown the state's precise interests asserted in this case likely do not overweigh the substantial burden on the rights of same-day registrants who cast a ballot. For the November 2020 election, for example, about 22,150 new same-day registration applicants in North Carolina failed the address verification. But Schroeder said the state board and Republican legislators have presented no evidence that address verification was ever filtered out a single ineligible same-day registrant. Schroeder refuses to issue preliminary injunctions sought by the Democratic National Committee, State Democratic Party, and others on other provisions related to same-day registration. The new law contains other provisions that also remain in effect, including increasing access by partisan poll observers at voting sites and requiring mail-in absentee ballots be returned by election night in order to count. The state Republican Party and Republican National Committee also joined the lawsuit as defendants. Also out of Raleigh, since the state expanded who is eligible for Medicaid on December 1st, 2023, some 314,000 plus North Carolinians have enrolled. New enrollees disproportionately live in rural communities with Anson, Edgecombe, Richmond, and Robeson counties, having some of the highest enrollment rates of adults to date. Not only, not only are people enrolling, but they are also accessing the medicines and care they need to stay healthy. Medicaid has covered more than 150,000 prescriptions for new enrollees and more than $2.5 million in claims for dental services since December 1st. 2023. Secretary Cody H. Kinsley said, quote, we can already see the important impact expansion having on improving the health and lives of North Carolinians. They are our neighbors, child care specialists, construction workers, veterans, loved ones struggling with behavioral health challenges. More than 215 partners across all 100 counties in the state, including local organizations, healthcare providers, business leaders, community advocates, and elected officials continue to share information on Medicaid expansion with their communities. Said North Carolina Medicaid Deputy Secretary Jay Ludlam, we are excited to see the impact of our collective efforts to spread the word and encourage everyone to keep sharing materials and encouraging people to apply. We have recently trained 1,000 community members from health centers, libraries, county DSS offices, food pantries, schools, and university on the e-pass portal to help more people apply for Medicaid. 
And Iredell County, the United Way of Iredell County Endowment for the Future, contributed the remaining $5,700 to allow the Lonely Children's Fund to reach their goal of $25,000 raised to meet the needs of foster children across Iredell County. The gift was made possible by a partnership with a generous local donor who designated their gift in support of this effort. These items included school photos, yearbooks, class rings, and graduation announcements. Funds can also be used to pay for field trips and school uniforms, as well as sports, clubs, and extracurricular activities. The Lonely Children's Fund has made a significant impact in the lives of Iredell County's foster children. The News Drive at 5 rolls on. Patrick Reynolds taking you home. We're about 15 minutes from our Charlotte Home Show giveaway. A four-pack coming at you of winning tickets. Stick with us. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024, 5.34 p.m. on the East Coast. We are about 15 minutes away from our ticket giveaway. Four-pack of winners to two home shows. One coming up this weekend at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. That's the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show. I've got two tickets for you and the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. I've got a four-pack of winners if you're watching our social media video feeds. There they are, spanning them out like a cool guy with a good hand at a poker game. But those are tickets to the home shows. We've got a four-pack of winners right there. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. Giving them away after our next commercial break. Back to the News Drive at 5 headlines for today in Statesville. Special Olympics Iredell County and the Statesville Recreation and Parks Department will host the annual Special Olympics Polar Plunge at the Statesville Leisure Pool on Saturday, February 17th. This fun event raises funds and awareness for the local athletes who train and compete in 14 Olympic-style sports at the local, regional, and state levels throughout the year. The Statesville Leisure Pool is located at 1877 Simonton Road. The 2024 Polar Plunge kicks off with registration beginning at 10 a.m. McClellan Race Team will host a fun run and walk beginning at 10.30 a.m. For those who want a good warm-up before plunging at 11 a.m., the race will start and end at the pool area. Top three will receive prizes, which include free trial membership to the fitness center and a Special Olympics t-shirt. Additionally, the first 100 plungers will be treated to delicious daylight donuts. Hot chocolate will be available while supplies last for everyone to enjoy. The Special Olympics Iredell County cheerleading team will be on hand to cheer those braving the cold. The fundraising goal for this year is $12,000, which is about 20% of the 2024 budget needs. The money generated from this event will be used to pay for uniforms and sports equipment, meals, housing, transportation, and so much more for the athletes. 
Special Olympics never charges athletes to participate at any level. Therefore, all budget needs need to be met through fundraising and the generosity of local donors. If you're willing to brave the cold and support the athletes, you can register on the Special Olympics North Carolina website. This allows you to donate or to set up a fundraising page. Individuals and teams are encouraged to take the plunge for the athletes of Special Olympics. To learn more about the Special Olympics Aradale County or the Polar Plunge, contact Bobby Williams at Special Olympics North Carolina. Aradale Health System is pleased to announce Jennifer Holmes has been promoted to the Director of Risk Management and Patient Safety. Holmes has been a nurse for eight years, spending five of those years with Iredale Health System. Since joining Iredale Health System, she has served in various capacities, including clinical educator, assistant director of One North, and director of employee health. In her new role, Holmes will help ensure safe and trusted health care delivery to continue to improve patient outcomes. Holmes earned a Master of Science in Nursing with a concentration in Leadership and Administration from Capella University. In her free time, Holmes enjoys traveling, preferably somewhere warm, with a good book. Also in Statesville, the Full Bloom Film Festival, in collaboration with Theater Statesville, will host a spectacular Mamma Mia sing-along along with the Iredell Arts Council tonight at 7 p.m., so that's less than 90 minutes from now in about an hour and a half. You can experience the magic of Mamma Mia as you've never seen it before, a night filled with music, laughter, and interactive fun. Attendees are invited to join in the celebration of the beloved ABBA-inspired film by singing along to iconic hits. Charles Ash, board chair of the Full Bloom Film Festival, said... Quote, we are delighted to partner with Theater Statesville to bring the magic of Mamma Mia to the Iredell Arts Council. This sing-along event is a celebration of music, cinema, and community, and we look forward to creating lasting memories with our audience. The Iredell Arts Council provides the perfect backdrop for this musical extravaganza, promising an unforgettable evening for fans of all ages. The event will be held at the Iredell Arts Council, located at 203 South Meeting Street in Statesville. That's at 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, clock on the wall. That's one hour, 21 minutes from us right now. Recapping our top story tonight, the Lingbaya bacteria problem in Lake Norman is persistent, according to health and water quality officials. It has also invaded High Rock Lake and Lake Gaston, where officials are trying to manage, if not eradicate, the bacteria. That forms large nuisance growths on the lake bottom. It can detach and float to the surface as thick black mats, rendering the water virtually unusable for water sports, as well as clogging water intake systems at McGuire Nuclear Station and Charlotte Water. There will be an open meeting at the Peninsula Club January 30th at 6 p.m. to discuss the issue as well as find resources and fund eradication. Peninsula resident Bob Watson is organizing a fund drive to raise $20,000 as soon as possible ahead of state efforts which require legislative approval. Watson said, quote, We need to start dealing with the problems in March before it starts expanding, end quote. North Carolina Speaker Tim Moore and North Carolina Representative John Bradford passed a funding measure on the last day of the long session in 2023, 
but ran out of time to have it run in the Senate. North Carolina Senator Vicki Sawyer said she will be supporting funding. Lake Norman Marine Commission, Charlotte Water, and Duke Energy are prepared to partner up as well. Former North Carolina District 41 Senator and former Mayor of Cornelius, Jeff Tart, said, quote, This is a little nuanced, but it is not funding that we need. Aquatic weed control funding already exists from the state. Rather, we need Lingbaya in Lake Norman to qualify to be able to access existing state monies. In order to access state monies, a weed has to be on the state's Aquatic Weed Control Program list, or the AWCP. That's managed by the North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality. The legislation passed by Bradford and Moore places Lingbaya on the AWCP list, making it eligible to use allocated state funds for controlling this specific weed. Now we need the Senate this spring to pass the same statute. End quote. Jeff Tart, keeping us informed. Also in Charlotte, a suspect involved in a deadly Christmas Day hit-and-run crash in East Charlotte was arrested in Mississippi. Melvin Zapata, age 29, was arrested by the DeSoto County Sheriff's Office on December 29th in Mississippi and recently extradited to Mecklenburg County. Jail records show he was booked on January 18th and released the next day, January 19th, on a $5,000 secured bond. He was arrested on a felony hit-and-run warrant out of Charlotte. According to Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department Incident Report, officers responded to a hit-and-run on North Sharon Amity Road just before 8 p.m. on December the 25th. At the scene, officers discovered that 36-year-old Sheridan Brown had been struck by a vehicle and that driver had fled the scene without stopping to provide help or call the police. DeSoto County sits on the Mississippi-Tennessee border just south of Memphis. It's about 615 miles west of Charlotte. In Mecklenburg County, it can be hard to comprehend the number of homeless people here in light of the apparent prosperity around us, especially in North Mecklenburg. The 2024 Department of Housing Urban Development point-in-time count on January 25th will span out across Mecklenburg County streets, shelters, and encampments to identify individuals who are living without homes. In the early morning hours this Thursday, volunteers will span out across Charlotte-Mecklenburg streets, parking lots, encampments, and other locations to survey people who are living without shelter. This annual point-in-time count is conducted across the United States on a single night in January every year, providing a snapshot of homelessness. The key objectives of the PIT count are not to just to estimate the number of people experiencing homelessness, but to understand their demographic characteristics and help connect them to resources. And as I told you earlier, this show, Debbie O'Hanley and Margie Kyle talked about this on Community Centered, which airs every Tuesday at 3 p.m. on WSIC News Talk. If you want to go to our social media, there's a video feed of the show where they talk about this point in time count. Debbie O'Hanley will actually be a volunteer and be out this Thursday interacting with the homelessness, trying to come up and make connections, try to find a solution to help them connect them to resources. Fascinating conversation. Community-centered, 3 p.m. every Tuesday on WSIC News Talk. 
The News Drive at 5 rolls on. I'm Patrick Reynolds. Ticket giveaway is next. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds along for the ride. It is ticket giveaway time. Four-pack of tickets going to a lucky winner. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. These four tickets right here in my hand right now. They are yours. What are they? It's a four-pack of winners. Two tickets to this weekend's Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. Two more tickets for you for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Two tickets to each show, four-pack winners right there. They're for you. Call in 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. Phone lines are open. Call in and claim your prize. Recapping some top stories tonight in Raleigh, a federal judge has blocked for now a new law recently approved by North Carolina lawmakers that tightens a rule on when a ballot cast by someone who is simultaneously registering to vote is removed from election counts. The preliminary injunction injunction from U.S. District Judge Thomas Schroeder tells election workers they can't nullify ballots by screening citizens who register and immediately vote during a 17-day period before a primary or general election through an altered method unless applicant protections are created. Also in Raleigh, since the state expanded who is eligible on Medicaid, came back December 1st, 2023, more than 314,000 North Carolinians have enrolled. New enrollees disproportionately live in rural communities, with Anson, Edgecombe, Richmond, and Robeson counties having some of the highest enrollment enrollment dates and rates. Not only are people enrolling, but they are also accessing the medicines and care they need to stay healthy. Medicaid has covered more than 150,000 prescriptions for new enrollees and more than $2.5 million in claims for dental services since that December 1st, 2023 enrollment. The United Way of Iredell County Endowment for the Future contributed the remaining $5,700 to allow the Lonely Children's Fund to reach their goal of $25,000. That is money raised to meet the needs of foster children around the county. The gift was made possible by a partnership with a generous local donor who designated their gift in support of this effort. These items included school photos, yearbooks, class rings, and graduation announcements. Funds can also be used to pay for field trips in school uniforms, as well as schools, clubs, and extracurricular activities. For more info, contact Genevieve Glazer at the United Way of Iredell County. I used to work with her a little bit with Waves Entertainment in the town of Mooresville. If she did the job for uh, the United Way that she did for the town of Mooresville, the United Way, certainly lucky to have Genevieve on board. Uh, Also in Statesville, the Special Olympics Iredell County County and the Statesville Recreation and Parks Department host the annual Special Olympics Polar Plunge at the Statesville Leisure Pool on Saturday, February 17th. This fun event raises funds and awareness 
for the local athletes who train and compete in 14 Olympic-style sports at the local, regional, and state levels throughout the year. The Statesville Leisure Pool is located at 1877 Simonton Road in Statesville. Now, the release to us, the information we had, said that this is a fun event. Joe Berg, host of the scoreboard, would you consider a polar plunge a fun event? Is that your t- your cup of tea? I've never done one, but I would definitely consider it. You Really, you would? I would. Because I, I have the news here, and I uh, read that story, and uh, I, I'm a hard no on that. I wouldn't <laughs> consider it. I would go and root on others, because I believe in uh, the fundraising. Uh you know, the uh, what it's after, helping the Special Olympics. I'm for the cause. I might be the guy handing out donuts and hot chocolates to people, but I just with can't see With your gloves on. With gloves on. Jackets. The scarf, the hoodie, the heaters in the pockets. But Man. yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could, uh, gosh, I don't know if I could hop in that pool. I don't think it's me. I think we got to think of some way to get you to do that. How, <laughs> like just shove me into the pool, maybe? Uh, some kind of uh, a fundraiser or, or a bet. Okay, now, yeah, let's turn it into something. A fundraiser bet, yeah, some good something. cause. Yeah, just me of my own volition, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not a polar plunge type <laughs> of guy, not type of me. So it's good to have you back, man. You, uh, you and I haven't seen each other since Thursday. It's been a while. Yeah, you were moving the other day over the weekend, and then uh, yes. you fell ill to the bug. That yes. So many, I know so many people that are sick. How you doing? Something's going around. I feel a lot better today. Thanks good. for asking. Good. Uh, Kind of a little bit over a 24-hour thing. Got okay. over it kind of quick. Came on quick, and here we are. In and out, quick. In and out. That's good. Lots of vitamin C. I mean, lots of vitamin C. <laughs> Mom was right. Take your <laughs> vitamin C. Exactly. How's the new place going? It's looking nice. Yeah, we like it, so uh, it's exciting. Yeah, very good, very good. Love to have you in a new place. So uh, I will polar plunge my way to your house housewarming party, or you know, at some point. When some you... point. Once everything's unpacked, there's so many boxes everywhere right now. Now you got to disinfect everything. Exactly. You, you've already been sick in your new place. Exactly. <laughs> What's coming up on the scoreboard tonight? Just uh, top of the hour, six p.m. Scoreboard. What's, yeah. What do you got? Well, we got a lot to cover. Missing yes. yesterday's show. So yes. Um, we had some NBA news with the Hornets making mm-hmm. a trade. Uh, we have, obviously, playoff football with a lot of very good games over the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, high school basketball is still going on. We're getting ever so closer to playoffs. Uh-huh. And um, some other sports that are getting close. Last week, I had somebody call asking about wrestling. And no spoiler here, but it seems like the schools in the area aren't putting out their wrestling info as much as they probably should be. Mm. Max Preps, the website everybody yep. uses to get their high school sports stats. Mm-hmm. Nothing there. Nothing. Hmm. Nothing. I, I get asked sometimes as well as as a you know news journalist, so to speak, and filling everybody in, News Driving 5, why don't you talk about this or that? I was like, well, I would if I had the information. So If you had the information, yeah. plus it's got to be something that people want to hear. You know? Yeah. You can't just throw anything out exactly. there. Exactly. You know? Uh, Panthers making some moves in the front office yeah. as well. Is we, that is that going to be on the scoreboard tonight? It will. We're going to cover that. I have a little bit to say about that. I've been tough on the Panthers, and it's not <laughs> it's not have. it's not getting any better. Yeah, That's well, all I have to say. Okay. Yeah. Don't give it away. I want no, people to tune not, into the scoreboard, but not tease giving them a away too bit. much. Uh, Hornets made a trade today. They did. This was uh, more of a trade for their future yeah. than anything as they trade away one of their, I guess you have to call it one of their best players. Okay. Um, 
And in return, they get a contract that, you know, it's just kind of going to be moot. But they also get a first-round pick a couple of years down the road. So uh, trying to rebuild a team that has been rebuilt many times now. I, I got a text from a listener, codename Emroy. Uh-oh. Uh, f- big thumbs down to this trade. You've got a Hornets fan that is not, I mean, capital N, capital O, capital T, not happy with this trade. Uh, how, can I quote this? Uh Trade of Terry Rozier for capital letters crap, capital C, capital R, yeah. capital A, capital P. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we, they weren't going anywhere with the team they have this year. Okay. Uh, sending off a better player to, you know, say, hey, go play for a championship. You deserve it. Plus, we're going to get something in return for you. Now, it might not be a player right now that's going to impact the team, mm-hmm. but a couple of years down the road, it could turn into somebody who is an impact player. Okay. Now, how the how the Hornets looking as far as potential to go anywhere, <laughs> do anything this year? I mean, they it, and if, in defense, NBA takes a lot of people for the playoffs, so it's it's it possible does. to sneak their way in. It is not possible to no. sneak their way in. I, I just don't see them doing it right now. When you look at the standings, they are ten and thirty-one. The uh, final team in the playoffs in the East sits at eighteen and twenty-five, so eight games behind in the wind column, and we're already past the halfway mark of the season. Yeah. yeah. So, so tough up here. Plus, we're missing a, a ball, one of the ball brothers, you know, mm-hmm. a, a big baller brand, all that <laughs> all that stuff, you know. I'll, uh, well, we got all-star break in about a month-ish or so. Coming up. Coming up. And is that the halfway point of the season, or is no. that like pa- it's past halfway? It's definitely past. So the uh, all the sports leagues, they do it differently. Yeah. Um, I... I use the trade deadline mm-hmm. as like a point in the season. So the NFL has it really early. Week 8 or 9, I believe, is when uh, the trade deadline is. For the NBA and the NHL, it's a month to go in the season. You can really say, okay, we're in position. Let's go get somebody that's going to help for mm-hmm. the run. And, you know, that's part of the trek points of the season. Um, the All-Star Games... Not as good as it used to be. Even the dunk contest in the NBA doesn't have the same feel that it once was. It feels like after uh, Blake Griffin jumped over that Kia, it was all downhill (laughs) from there. That that seems to me to be the last one that I can remember actually having some hype behind it. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm old enough to uh, remember I watched Jordan win that live. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's that famous poster of him leaping at uh, the top of the key. Yeah, and he's, his feet are almost even with the basket. Jumping from the foul yeah. line. Yeah, mid eighties. Yeah, Absolutely. I did watch that. And those those are the glory days that I look back on. I know that you know times change, NBA's change, and the dunk contest. It's not but, what it once was. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Three point line rules with how much you're allowed to be physical. A lot of things. Yeah, I know. Travel. I, I, I used to have. A, I used to be a big fan of uh, NBA All Star Saturday as well as yep. the game on Sunday, the big weekend. Yeah, times change. It just evolves. and uh, Unfortunately. Unfortunately, right. Well, I appreciate you being back. Glad you're feeling better. Looking good. Back in the studio. He's on the board. Scoreboard coming up at the top of the hour. News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody.